I wake up every day with pain in my stomach just at the thought of going to the office. If that's you, stick around. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, we got a lot of great questions today. Those that will stimulate our thinking, just like that one in the opening there, and a whole lot more. Our sponsor today is Harry's Razors. Yeah, I put out a little contest two weeks ago. I had a whole bunch of you submit ideas for why you should win Harry's Razor. We'll tell you who won, and I'll tell you how you can get one, even if you didn't win. Just uh, get in the game with Harry's. Well, here's some of the things we'll be discussing. Dan, any words of wisdom for people on obtaining clients or new customers? Sure. Yeah, I got lots of ideas. I'll give you some pointers. I want to, I want to talk to you also about how to maximize the benefit of going to a conference. Got an interview with my buddy, Michael Stelsner that I want to share just a short conversation we had earlier today. So I want to share that, how to maximize the benefits you get from going to a conference in terms of getting new clients, getting new customers. How about this? My son recently told me he hated my job. Golly, what do you do as a parent? If you hear that from one of your children, And then, of course, you heard me in the opening. I wake up every day with pain in my stomach just at the thought of going to the office. I'm terrified of getting fired for poor performance. Then I feel lost, stuck, and afraid. Then I know there's got to be something out there for me that completes me. Well, lots of those kind of questions today. Um, You know, what's up with that? This is the third month of the year. It's not like it's the beginning of the year. It's not like there's a, uh, maybe it's the phase of the moon. I don't know. You know, things are pretty good here in Franklin, Tennessee. I just closed the door. I had the door open all day long. The birds are so loud that I was afraid you'd hear them on the podcast. Birds are that loud. Had a little cardinal been sitting on my window here all day long. Just uh, reminded me to have confidence and be cheerful you look up what it means to have a cardinal come see you, it's kind of cool, really. Well, I enjoy springtime. It should be a great time of year for all of us planning what we want the year to look like. Last last week, rather, I had a question from a gentleman who said, I'm a stay-at-home dad of four and have no money. Thank you for your responses to that. I put up a blog about that and had a bunch of you go in and offer help to that young man. We're going to get him some help. That's just not a good place to be. He was challenged with the idea that God was teaching him not to be materialistic, but ended up couch surfing. That's not being materialistic. That's being responsible as a husband and daddy. And he certainly wants to step up to the plate with that. Well, we did send out the prizes for the video podcast names. Thanks again to all of you who took the time to submit a name suggestion. And some of you submitted 20 or 30. And again, thank you so much for your taking the effort to do that. Again, congratulations to those. We did send out the winners that uh, for that contest and are eager to get that video podcast started here in the next couple of weeks. Here's our quotation for the day. It comes from Miles Monroe. You may recognize him as a pastor. I think he's from the Bahamas, maybe. But anyway, he's been around a long time. Who said, life's greatest tragedy is to be successful 
at the wrong assignment. Ouch. Boy, I can identify with that. I mean, I can understand, hear from people all the time who are physicians, attorneys, dentists, pastors, and they realize they're living somebody else's dream, not their own. Life's greatest tragedy is to be successful at the wrong assignment. Well, I've got a couple of resources for you today. I've got one I'm, I'll tell you a little bit more about here in a little bit. It's new to me, but I'm excited about it. If you go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days, you'll see a little recommendation there from me, but you'll see a pretty interesting addition to your business processes. And I'll tell you about that a little bit more, but freshbooks.com slash 48 days. Then another one we had last week is 48days.com slash side, how to make money on the side, even if you don't have a product. And I've now done two webinars around that concept. I've had over 2000 of you who registered for that. Thanks for your interest in that. I hope what we had to share, you know, now that I gave out the URL again, I'm not real sure what we've got up there. I'm sure we've got something to let you listen to the replay perhaps, but I talked a lot about how to create income. Some of the wild and crazy things I've done over the years to create extra income. And I've always just looked at outside ideas and decided how, what I could do to make an income from that. Never looked for a job. Just, uh, what can I do to take advantage of something out here to create an income? So I hope that was inspiring to you. Those of you who came on board, thank you to all of you who lined up to come on board as our business partners to facilitate the 48 days seminars. We're excited about that training starting with Dr. Terry Hathaway on the 17th. So if you're in that new group, we're delighted to have you and eager to work with you as you get in the game, create your own sideline income. But in addition to that, bring hope and encouragement to a whole lot of people who are waiting for that. You know, we're told that 84% of people in America say that they want to get a new job before this year, 2016 is over. Can you believe that? 84%. Now that doesn't have anything to do with unemployment. Obviously we don't have 84% unemployment, but that means a whole lot of people who are working jobs that they want to change. They want to get into something else. Well, we can help them with that. And if you want to help us spread the message, help facilitate the 48 days seminar, we'd be delighted to talk to you. Just go to 48days.com slash side. Well, let's go into some success stories here. Here's a note that was posted by Stephanie O'Brien. She's one of who's gone through our coaching mastery program and is out there coaching. She posted a note. What has been the most powerful networking strategy for you? Three ways to make your networking efforts skyrocket the growth of your business. And she lists those. She says, I network everywhere. Bonuses. I write off the mileage, coffee, food, et cetera, because there's no place I go where I'm not promoting what I do. You know, that's a pretty cool thing. It's one of the things about keeping track of your expenses when you're working for yourself, even if it is a sideline venture. You can deduct pretty much everything. The trips that Joanne and I go on, and we go on lots of them, those are always deductible because they're always connected in some way to the work that I'm doing. Well, Stephanie says, number two, I've learned that after gaining interest and starting a conversation to request their contact information. I rarely hand out business cards and leave without getting their contact information. Bonus, I tell them to look for an email on a specific day and then follow up by phone call let them know to look out for it. Then number three, from there, I send them helpful articles, check in with them, support them. Now our relationship and trust has been established. If they never spend a penny with me, they usually send me people who will. And that's a great outline, a great overview 
there, Stephanie. Okay. Congratulations on doing that well. We're going we're gonna to segue on that a little bit more here about how to maximize, again, attendance at a conference. But connecting with other people is what gets you business. I mean, if you, if you identify one person a week that you're going to just take to lunch, just ask them how they're doing, how you can help them. What are they working on right now that they really hope to accomplish this year? You don't even need to ask for business. You cannot do that without having it grow whatever business you're in. Absolutely guaranteed. It won't happen. You can't do it. You can't serve other people in that way without having it grow your business. We got lots of stories about that. Aaron Walker does that very specifically. He teaches the guys in his mastermind groups to do that. They've got some real, um, real interesting stories about how they have played that out, tested that theory and have seen the results. Just take people to lunch, ask them how they're doing, what they hope to accomplish, how you can help without ever asking for anything or even explaining what it is you do. It'll grow your business guaranteed every time. Well, Harold Arnold was just here for coaching with excellence. He said, Hey, I've been waiting to be a champion. <laughs> so we got him in the group here, got him in the group here, ready to go. First, I want to thank you for being my special guest on my 100th episode of the leading you home podcast podcast that encourages people to discover their authentic selves and focus on the relationships that matter most. Your words of encouragement and presence were such a blessing. Just so, so happens that my 100th podcast episode coincided with last week's launch of my new book, Second Shift, How to Grow Your Part-Time Passion to Full-Time Influence. More info on the book can be found at secondshiftbook.com. Secondshiftbook.com. Dr. Harold Arnold wrote the book. Delighted to have him involved in our coaching mastery program, but uh, interesting to hear the kind of things that he's doing and the successes that he's having. I mean, this comes from... You know, people start wherever you are, wherever you are right now, believe me, we've got people who started where they are, but they got clarity, focus, and specific action. And with those things, it just changes the course of your life, changes the trajectory. Going to happen every single time. Not a chance that it can't do that. Well, there you go, Dr. Harold Arnold. You are in the group. We are the champions. Delighted to have you in there. Delighted to share your story. Always love to hear the success stories. We've got lots of them. Some more we'll integrate in here as we talk about questions that you submitted. But if you have a specific story you want to share, a success story, just go to 48days.com. Click on Ask Dan. You'll see a little starburst pop up there. You can submit your question there. Or as you know, just shoot it to me directly at AskDan at 48days.com. Now, I want to tell you a little bit more about Harry's. And I got, I got, this is, uh, this was hard to choose. Really difficult to choose. But I've got two people that we're going to give as winners of the Harry's Razors. All right, so the first one is David Efros, who sent a picture of himself. And he says, winter is almost over here in Wisconsin, and I need to get rid of this beard that's why I need a Harry's razor set. <laughs> and he shows a picture. I wish you could see the picture. He's got a pretty substantial beard. Uh, we're going to get one out to you, David. A Harry's razor set coming out to you to help you get rid of that beard. Now, here's another one. Now, this one was just hard to pass up. Now, again, thank you to all of you who shot in notes. We'll do this again for sure. 
but uh, I got notes from a whole lot of you, but got one from Chloe. Now, Chloe is a 10-month-old Labrador. So I got a note from a dog. Now, how can, I, how can I not respond to a note from a dog? And the dog says, Chloe says, a typical morning, but as kids chase me through the bathroom, something bright caught my eye. Its graceful orange form begged me to pick it up. So I chewed away until nothing was left. Please replace my owner's Harry's razor. And I promise to stick from bone, to bones from now on. All right, Chloe, we're going to get you a Harry's razor. Can't bypass that. Great way to get my attention and to get yourself a new Harry's razor. Well, again, as you know, you can go to harrys.com, just like it's spelled, no apostrophe, harrys.com. Use 48 days as the code. You're going to get $5 off your own purchase. I mean, they start out at only 15 bucks, so you can get something for 10 bucks. Hey, they got a brand new one. I just got a promo today. I haven't had time to talk to them at Harry's yet, but it's got more of a grip on it. One of the things even my daughter asked about was the handles tend to be very smooth. So they're very cool looking and very smooth, whether they're orange or chrome or whatever. She's saying, wow. And then my son, my son in Costa Rica said, yeah, it's hard for him to shave his head. He has to hold it in a particular way because having a wet hand with shaving cream on it, it tends to slide. Well, they've got a new one with a grip on it, a rubber grip. I'll tell you more about that next time around with Harry's, but check that out as well. I'm sure you can find that there. Again, harrys.com. Use 48 days as the code to get your $5 off. All right, this comes from Suzanne, who says, love your podcast. My biggest hurdle in side gigs I've tried is to start is finding clients. Any words of wisdom for people on obtaining clients? Yes. Go to places where potential clients hang out. Now, I'm getting ready to go to a whole lineup of conferences, most of which I am paid nothing to go. Why would I do that? I mean, I'm listed with premier speakers bureau and others where they command pretty high fees. If I agree to go someplace and I typically don't, I go to these where they pay me nothing. Why would I do that? Because the people who are there are people I want to connect with. And the people who are there are people who are candidates for the other things we do in our business. So it's not just a one and done kind of thing. So I go to a lot of them, but I talked with Michael Stelzner. Now he's founder of social media examiner, which is a massive daily content provider having to do with anything in social media. So Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Blab, Periscope, all those cool things. They're, they're the experts in all of that. But I want you to listen to this little interview. I just had a discussion, just called him up today and said, Hey, can we chat for just a few minutes? Cause I want to talk to people about the power of making connections at these kind of events. It's not just about getting content, intellectual content, more knowledge. This is, we're talking about social media marketing world, which is coming up April 17th and 19th. Check out, we've just got a short shot here with Michael. Well, hey, I've got on the line with me my good friend, Michael Stelzner, founder of Social Media Marketing World. Now that's an event you've heard me talk about a lot coming up pretty soon now in April 17th, 19th in beautiful San Diego. Michael, welcome in. Thank you so much for having me back on the show, Dan. Ah, uh, hey, I am so excited about coming out there in now a little more than a month. It's going to be amazing. Now, you put on a conference just unlike any that I've seen in terms of the little details. But what I want to, and I want to compliment you on that. I mean, Thank all you. the little 
fancy things that are done are just phenomenal. I mean, uh, beautiful young ladies walking around ringing chimes when it's time to go back to the seminars. I mean, my goodness, I've not seen that at any kind of an event. But what I really want to talk, have you talked to our audience about a little bit, is the power of networking. And when mm-hmm. we come to a conference like that, it's easy to get content, get overloaded with content. But there are some things that cannot be done, even though you're doing social media marketing world where we talk about Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and Blab and all those things. What about the power of connections? What do you see happening at a conference like this? Well, I think you can never underestimate the importance of actually getting to know people face-to-face, shaking hands, talking to people. And even though we live in this world where it's very easy to interact with people online on Twitter, there is something different that happens when you actually get a chance to meet someone in person. It's almost like an impression is made between you and that person that becomes like a bond that is that is hard to forget. And I have found that some of the best relationships that I've ever met, including my relationship with you, started at a conference. So I think there is something special about that, especially when the conference is designed in such a way that it has plenty of incredible opportunities for you to connect with people because everybody hates the conferences where there is no opportunity. We built this conference with networking and our slogan is networking, discovery and fun. We put networking first at this event. That's cool. Well, you live up to your slogan there. One of the things, and again, we can't wait this year. I'm bringing my wife, Joanne, my daughter, Ashley, um, Brian Dixon, head of our marketing and several members of my mastermind. We're all excited about being there, but tell us about the kickoff event. Unlike any conference on the face of the earth that you have on Sunday night. Yeah, we take over uh, the USS Midway Naval Aircraft Carrier. This was the largest (laughs) ship in the world until 1960. And Dan, why don't you describe what it was like when you first walked onto this thing? (laughs) It is so overwhelming. It's so massive, you can't imagine it. But the way you guys have just taken advantage of all the little spaces, you know, for food layouts and all the way to you can get in a flight simulator I mean, it's it's the re- it's still a real aircraft carrier. Well, we have retired military personnel that served on the ship that tour you <laughs> under the ship. I don't know if you got a chance to experience that last year. We did. But the coolest thing that we do is the second you walk on the ship, we hand you a networking bingo card. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yes. But it's a little card, and it immediately you'll see hundreds and thousands of people networking, strangers getting to know each other by filling out this little card and writing Twitter handles on there. Like, for example, somebody who um, – you know, sleeps with their smartphone next to them, you know, and you find all these random connections, someone from outside the United States, someone who works for an educational institution. And it forces you into this opportunity to immediately get to connect with people and meet people. And if you're an introvert in particular, this is an incredibly fun little opportunity for you to bond with people so that as you carry through the conference over the next three days, um, you are making connections in kind of a way that's seamless and effortless. You know, and people are so open. Sometimes I think people beginning in this kind of information space assume that anybody who's had a little bit of success is untouchable. I mean, I really cringe at that. But when we get to these conferences, I met you in the hallway in Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken, at a conference. We chatted, became friends, and a whole lot of things have developed from that. But also the conference, that's where I get to spend time personally with, you know, John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn and... uh, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little secret. Yeah, we designed this without a green room, without a speaker room by design. So we actually don't have the speakers having their own little place they can retreat to, like you do in other conferences. Instead, we force the speakers to interact with everyone in the public spaces. And um, people love that, you know, because you can go up and you can talk to Guy Kawasaki or Gary Vaynerchuk or any of these other people that you would think would be very hard to reach. And and because they're out in the spaces that we've designed, like the networking plaza and all these other spaces, it makes it so that you can really very easily get to know these people. And having spoken at lots of events, I can tell you that the place all the speakers retreat to is the green room or the speaker room. We eliminated that. You know, I never even thought of that. I didn't even think about that consciously because, well, for me, it's so natural just to connect with people and just hang out, you know, eat meals together with people, hang out, go out afterwards. It, it's, the connections are just unending. And when I think back about conferences that I've been to, I mean, back in the early years with Mark Victor Hansen and Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and people like that, I mean, those relationships absolutely fueled what I'm doing today. It's from the relationships, not just the head knowledge that I got, but from the relationships. Well, you know, I, I mean, there are so many things, and I'm going to give our listeners some additional tips about what they can do to maximize value from a conference that has to do with the connections. Now, I'm pleased, of course, one of the uh, things that I'm going to be doing there is, is doing a workshop, a 90-minute workshop on the power of a mastermind which I'm really excited about. But it again, we'll be talking about the power of connecting with people. You know, as, as people get into this space, Michael, and you know this better than I, but they tend to think about being solopreneurs because mm-hmm. we have access to so much technology. So it's just somebody, you know, sitting under in the attic in their house, you know, running a massive business. That's not very typical. I mean, tell us about what you've observed about the necessity of linking arms with other people, no matter what kind of business you have, in order to really be successful. Well, here's the deal. Um, When you have the opportunity to go to a place where you're surrounded by people that are in the same boat as you are, whether they're on a physical boat or not, (laughs) um, and you you can actually get to meet people that are struggling with the same challenges that you're struggling with, those kinds of connections that you make with those people often can carry on offline. Many times you might start forming mastermind groups as a result of meeting a small group of people at an event. Other times you might begin forming relationships where you support each other. For example, maybe you're in a certain industry and you find a couple other people that are also in that industry. And if the event is really good, they actually have a networking embassy where they help you connect with those kind of people which we do, Um, those kind of uh, connections can form a bond where you're beginning to support each other. For example, I'm on your podcast, you're on my podcast, when we have products that come out. Um, And those kinds of things are invaluable. And that's always been the key to growth, I think, for a lot of small entrepreneurs is they build a really solid network of people that are in the same kind of space as they are. Everybody's growing at different stages and some people have podcasts and others have blogs and others have YouTube channels. But the idea is to have that diverse network and the speed at which you can grow that network when you meet these people and make a solid impression face to face is radically faster than what can happen. And I know you know this, right, Dan? I mean, the relationships you have with all these people happened probably face to face. Absolutely. people you've been mentioning. Absolutely. If I had any connection at all, the relationships were really deepened and developed by being face to face. Yeah, it's not just 
in a virtual world. You know, sometimes, and again, I love the things we're going to be covering at Social Media Marketing World, at the event, the conference itself, but sometimes we confuse the technology with the business itself. When it comes Mm -hmm. to business, we're talking about people to people, not just the latest technology or app on your phone, people to people. So all those other things are just simply to help us do that better. Well, Michael, man, it's been a delight chatting with you just briefly. I'm so excited about getting out there. I'm sure we'll get to meet you again. You, when you come to this, I mean, it's, it's your wife and your daughters are there. I mean, this is not something that is just a little tiny segment of our lives. I mean, when, when, when we live in this space, we share life together with the people who we do connect with. And the one thing I just want to say is so many times we work in a little extra bedroom in a house or in an office by ourselves and don't underestimate the value of being around your peers, you know, because there is something really special to that. I just want to say thank you, Dan, for having me on the show. I am looking forward to seeing you present at Social Media Marketing World on Masterminds, which I know is a very hot topic. So I will see you in San Diego very soon. Fantastic. Thanks, Michael. See you there. All right. Well, there you go. Now, I really wanted him to just share. I, when I was thinking about this podcast and the questions we've got about how to connect with people, how to get new clients and customers, that's one of the big ways. Now, incidentally, I mean, there, there's a whole lot of things to choose from. I, I recognize that. You can't go to everything, but you know me. You know, I'm, I'm recommending that you spend at least 5% of your total income on personal development. Well, no matter what your income is, that ought to allow you to go to one or two conferences. Now, I'm not a big one. I don't like to be in hotels and airplanes. Personally, I like being right here in my property. It takes a lot to get me out of here. But the value of those connections is just pretty amazing. So that's one. Hey, you've heard me talk about that. That's social media marketing world. That's in San Diego in April. Oh, you can, and, and believe me, I'm happy to talk to you at any of these. You could see us. Joanne and me both at all of these launch conference with my friend Ken Davis in Orlando. That's coming up April 3rd through the 7th. And then we've got, um, innovate. Let's see. Coaching with excellence would be next. Coaching with excellence is going to be next here in May. Innovate is a little later in May, May 26th, 27th. You know, I forgot one. We're going to go to score as well. The speakers conference in Orlando. We're going to that the first week of May. So then we're going to Europe. We're going to England for New Media Europe. If you're listening from over there, I'd be delighted to meet you over there. I've already made connection with some super people. We're looking forward to meeting face-to-face there. And then coming back from London directly to Chicago for Podcast Movement. And of course, we haven't even started talking about it much yes, yet. We've got our Ultimate Advantage Cruise coming up in February of 2017 theme for that is going to be living well, doing good. I'm super excited about that. Again, that's about, that's about a third sold out already. We're told, but uh, we're going to limit that to a hundred people, but be delighted to see you at any of those events. Well, let me give you some more pointers here on how to maximize value from a conference. So if you go to a conference, you know, don't just sneak in the back, sit in the back, you know, take notes and go home. Nah, you're there to meet people. So before you go to a conference, I'm going to give you a list of 10 things and we'll put this in the, the podcast notes so you can reference it easily. Just go to 48days.com. Now, if you're listening via one of the other vehicles, iTunes or Stitcher, it's a little more difficult, but go to 48days.com. It's worth getting this list there. So 10 tips to getting maximum value from a conference. Number one, list three speakers you want to meet. 
and why? Now, some of these, like uh, social media marketing world, I have no idea how many presenters there are. It's probably 70 or 80 presenters. So, but list three, three people you want to meet. Why? I encourage you to attend with someone who's just as interested in learning as you are. Number three, craft your elevator speech. Be quick to respond. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? Those three things, you ought to be ready with that. If you stumble on that, boy, you're going to have a hard time making the connections meaningful. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? Number four, have 50 sharp business cards with your elevator speech printed on the back. I mean, go to Vistaprints or something, make up, or Costco, you make up a couple, make up 50 cards that you make up specifically for the event. So you address those specific things there. Number five, get to meetings early, talk to other attendees. Number 12, take 12 pre-stamped postcards or cards, in my case, to use as thank yous to people you meet. Now, I take those with me, stamped cards. Now, I have one that has the eagle from the sanctuary here on it, and it's a fold-over card. It goes in an envelope, but I take those with me so that I can send those from conferences before I return home. You know what impression that makes on people? To note that, wow, Michael Stelzer, we talked in the hallway. Great getting to know you. Look forward to, you know, talking to you again. Boom. Card in the mail before he gets home. Number seven, create a list of notes and questions as you listen. Number eight, make at least two introductions per day between attendees you've just met. Andy Traub is a master at that. Introducing people, connecting people together. Number nine, identify five new people you want to stay in touch with. Then 10, thank the speakers for sharing valuable insights. Don't just assume that they know how great they are. No, thank them for specific things that you learned. Well, I've got some other things. Uh, what to do after the conference? We'll save those for another day. Anyway, 10 tips to getting maximum value from attending a conference. All right, Kristen says, first, I want to thank you for your awesome resources. I just started listening to your podcast a few years ago on a long commute to a job was captivated. The stories and ideas you presented lit a fire under me. And last year, I spent most of the year working on my first album, Make Something Happen, which was a longtime dream of mine. I started my company and I'm trying to slowly transition from an educator to full-time artist and entrepreneur. My question is, how can I begin to garner more exposure for my products? I've written two books and I have the album, but outside of friends and family, people don't really know what I have to offer. I'm not one to flaunt myself to others, but I know I need greater exposure if I really want this business to thrive. There are so many ways. Now you're talking about a musical album, make something happen. But there are so many ways in today's environment that you can do that. And Aaron Walker, you heard me mention his name already once here, but he came into this coaching space with having no email list, no website, no background, no credibility, no reputation as a coach at all. But he has a story to tell. He has a story with a really interesting hook. The story, I'll tell you briefly what it is. Seven years ago, he hit a pedestrian and killed him. Now, you, you recognize, I mean, a lot of you gasped just hearing that. I mean, that really gets your attention, and it did for him. It was like, oh, my gosh, what if my life ended today? What would people remember about me? What have I left as a legacy? But he uses that as kind of a story, tells it very briefly, but it, it's a hook. Last year, 2015, he was on 176 podcasts. He did 176 podcast interviews. 
That's a way to get an audience. So when you have something, you have to know what is your unique message. It can't just be, yeah, here's another musical album or here's another book. It has to be, what is the core message that makes it stand out, that made it worth doing in the first place? Last week, we attended the release party for Michael Hyatt's new book, Living Forward. Well, it was held at a church, big screens, music, all kinds of, you know, hoopla. I mean, it was done upright. You know, photographers, it was really a big shindig. Now, that's a way to do something. And you may not be in a position to do that. You don't have to. We're doing a Kickstarter campaign for Joanne's new book that'll be out in a couple months. We're doing the Kickstarter campaign in May for creating a haven of peace. It's going to be just a fun thing we put out there, a very low cost to put it out there. And just people can participate if they want to, meaning they can get a four pack of the books. They can get a four pack of the books with a little vial of tea and a little sculpted quotation. Uh, They can get a piece of Joanne's artwork. They can book a night here at the sanctuary and go to dinner with Joanne and me. I mean, just fun things that we're doing around the release of that book. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a massive audience. It just means you just share it with people who know you. But if you have something that's fun, that's engaging, it'll spread and other people will come on board as well. You might do a virtual summit. Uh, We've seen a lot of those recently. Jackie and Stefana Bledsoe did a virtual marriage summit. Really well done. But they invited about 10 couples to give their story. They interviewed them and then they shared that as a virtual summit and drew a lot of attention to the new book he's got. It's like seven rings of marriage, I think. But you know, that's another way that you can do that. Uh, Look, look at the people who are already successful in your area. And if that's music, I mean, look at Taylor Swift, Adele, Luke Bryan, look at what they're doing and do some of the things that they're doing. Carrie Underwood. I mean, those are big names, but They weren't big initially. Look at the things they did along the way to get fans connected with them. Well, hey, just a a quick note here about some new domains. I had somebody ask me about, you know, domain, do you still need to get .com? Yeah, that's still the best domain if you're going to do any kind of a business at all. But there's some new ones out there that I just grabbed that I thought were pretty interesting. If you're a coach, you can get danmiller.coach. So that can make you stand alone. And that's a pretty good domain to have. But there are some new ones out there, dot earth and dot world and also dot online, but dot, dot earth and dot world. Now I would never be able to get danmiller.com. I mean, somebody got that when Adam and Eve were walking on the earth, I suppose. So it certainly wasn't me. And it's such a common name. I would never be able to get that. But as dot com fills up, we go to new Domain extensions dot earth and dot world are going to be pretty prominent, I think. And I did immediately jump on and get Dan Miller dot earth, Dan Miller dot world. Now you make your own decision about that, but it uh, made sense to me. Hey, I mentioned at the outset a free resource that I want you to take advantage of, and that comes from Fresh Books. Now, Fresh Books, the reason it got my attention is because all of a sudden I'm getting these really cool looking invoices from vendors, from companies using the invoices that come from fresh books. Well, I got more inquisitive about it, actually made a connection with the company. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, this is something that I think you ought to do. I think this is a great asset to a small business to make things work more smoothly for you. You can get a, a month of unrestricted use, all of you, you know, totally free. You don't need, even need to put in a credit card. If you just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days 
And then it'll ask you, how'd you hear about us? Put in 48 days there. Yeah, we want to nurture that relationship with them. But they've got a, some, a really intuitive tool that makes creating and sending invoices extremely simple. You can go to Taco Bell and eat lunch. And if you met a client there, take a snapshot with your iPhone of the receipt and have it instantly go into the FreshBooks app where it'll store all those receipts. Keep make it very easy for you. Anyway, I could go on and on. I won't do that. But anyway, check out my new friends at freshbooks.com slash 48 days. Now this comes from Russell who says, I'm not sure if this is a question or a warning. A year ago, I decided to abandon my freelancing to take a full-time job with a consulting firm on an island paradise. Sounds great so far. I started the job six months ago and I've been lax about networking. I just learned that I am redundant. Fortunately, now, if you aren't familiar with that term, that, that's a real politically correct way to tell somebody they're fired. <laughs> he says, fortunately, I have a few contacts that I can take advantage of. However, had I been more active, I could have had a much bigger network in place. I'm very optimistic about finding work here. My wife and I love it here since there are numerous financial institutions here that need my computer skills. I just wish I had been filling my pipeline earlier. Well, good Counsel for us, Russell. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, don't get lax about knowing who your target audience is, what your marketability is. If you have a job today, recognize you have one client that does make you pretty vulnerable. But you ought to be so clear on what your marketable skills are, what your value proposition is, that you could jump in the game tomorrow and know, have a list of 30 companies that would be candidates to bring you on board or 30 candidates that could use you one day a week, not use you full time. I mean, that's another subtle change in the workplace that a lot of people are doing. All right, this comes from Ken. Just listen to your interview with Michael Hyatt. Have to admit that I seriously underestimated you, your powerhouse while. After hearing all your various products and uses for your time, I hesitate to even ask this. I'm torn. I hear Seth Godin talk about building attention and trust an audience. You did it from 2000 and 2010 to go from 10 to 130,000 subscribers. And I hear you talk about selling various products to that audience. My pyramid is about 100 to 200 people at the bottom and maybe five raving fans. Shouldn't I focus on doing the 10 to 130,000 thing and build trust and attention first? Okay. Great question. He says, by the way, I loved hearing your son Kevin and the Ziegler podcast, father and son. So cool. I helped my 11 year old start his first business last month and he just got his first goal to buy a $350 Lego robot. Well, cool. All right, Ken, this deal about building an audience, do you build an audience first or do you provide something of value to the ones that you already have? Well, this is like a chicken and the egg, but you can't build an audience before you have something of value to give them. I mean, don't, don't try to build a Facebook or Twitter audience just to have a crowd of followers. I mean, that's meaningless. There are people with half of half a million people following them. And it's meaningless. Well, I, I won't mention any names, but if you provide the hundred people you have in your list now with massive value, they'll tell others and you can build from there. Now it doesn't require fancy ads and slick campaigns, but just great value and resources, but build relationships with a few rather than trying to get a big list and selling to lots of people. 
just serve those 100 to 200 people that you've got really, really well. What I do in that pyramid of people that we have, I don't do much to try to get people to come into the bottom of the pyramid. People who have never heard about me before. All I do is try to serve our raving fans really well. So if you've got those five people who are raving fans, just blow their socks off with the service that you're giving them. That'll grow your business faster than trying to use some fancy online technology to grow an audience. Incidentally, there's a, there's a real popular piece out there. It's been around for quite some time, but it's called 1000 true fans. Now the, the, the principle behind that is that if you get a thousand people to spend one day's income with you over the course of a year, you're good. Just a thousand people. Now you can even do it with fewer than that, but let's say that you have a financial report and it's not going to be appealing to the guy on the street. It's going to be appealing just to a small group of people. So you have a thousand people and let's say that, um, the people on there make, well, let's go with, let's go with $200 a day. That'd be thousand bucks a week. Let's say that somebody makes $200 a day. So they're going to spend one day out of the year their income with you as a trusted information provider. What's well, $200,000. That's the premise of 1000 true fans, but just Google that and you'll find the document and go through it. It's really well done. Some great information. Madeline from Escondido, California says I read wisdom meets passion for a recommendation from a dear friend. I'm a student teacher for a large middle school music program, hoping to earn my teacher credential and start a career for August. I started the year certain that I was doing the right thing. I would then teach for three years, at which time my husband and I plan to have children. Now I'm ready to quit. I love working with small groups of kids, but the public school environment feels toxic. I started side working, side work, wood burning guitars. I have demand for that work and could make enough to supplement my husband's income so that we can live the life we want. I feel that I should get my credentials though, then pursue the art business, but I would love an alternative. Any advice is much appreciated. Well, Madeline, here's, here's how I would approach this. Decide what you want your life to look like five years from now. So start with that. This is the old Stephen Covey begin with the end in mind. So let's go five years out. What do you want your life to look like? Now, if your goal is to be a mommy and stay at home, you know, having the teaching credential may not really be very important. So go ahead and do the wood burning guitars, you know, have fun enjoying it. Sounds like you got some pushback to the teaching environment already. Anyway, on the other hand, if you look out five years and you really believe in the long-term value, you're going to have a couple of children. They're going to grow up quickly. You're going to want to fall back in your teaching as a second career. You know, if that's your thinking, then recognize three years are going to go by very quickly. Sounds like you're very young. I mean, that's going to go by in a blink of an eye. So if having that in place does seem important for the long term, then just start, start counting the days to make that happen. Worthy goal to do it in that way as well. Lisa says, I started listening to your podcast. I love the excitement and encouragement that comes with each session. For the last six years, I've worked in middle management in the healthcare field. I'm a nurse and the director for our dementia care unit. I love most aspects of the job. I adore the residents. The difficult parts are managing the various personalities of the staff, the hours, 
and being on call 24 seven, my phone never stops ringing. My son recently told me he hated my job. I want to be a good mother and good example to him, but I know my life is horribly unbalanced. My husband is frustrated. I feel as though I'm suffocating. I seem to have a knack for helping others figure out what they could and should do, but I cannot seem to do the same for myself. All right, Lisa, I want you to immediately jump online and get the book Essentialism. Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McCown. It's very popular. I'm reading it for about the third time right now to help myself really get the principles in place. What it's going to do is going to help you see things that you're doing now that you probably could delegate, things you could say no to. If you're a caring, nurturing person, like your job description describes you as being, it's probably hard to say no. You, you probably allowed a lot of other people to put things on your plate that shouldn't be there. Get the book Essentialism. I guarantee it, it'll, you'll, it'll help you put boundaries in what you're already doing. Now, if you can't, then it may be time to look for something else. But I strongly suspect that you can put boundaries in what you're already doing where they still value you and love you, but you'll get your life back. Give me an update on that. I'd love to get an update on that. Ariel says, I've had my job for the last year and a half as in a CPA firm as an auditor. I graduated in accounting, got that job in public accounting after two years. It's been really hard. Auditing is not easy. I feel like I've learned a lot, but still sometimes I struggle. And what for others may take five minutes to understand, it takes me about 10 minutes. Some people say it's because English is my second language and I'm still fairly new to English. I like auditing, however. However, I, I got to rephrase that. I like auditing. However, I wake up every day with pain in my stomach just at the thought of going to the office. I'm terrified of getting fired for poor performance. I also want to move to New York City in the next year. I feel lost, stuck, and afraid. I know there's got to be something out there for me that completes me. Well, if you are trained as an auditor, if you're CPA, which I suspect you are as an auditor, you've got a broad spectrum of possibilities for things that you can do. You're not limited to just this one job. So even if you want to move sometime in the future, it sounds like it's time to look for a new job. Don't assume that just because you're doing this auditing job, that they're all like this, that you're all, you're going to feel this much pressure in all of them. I mean, every company has its own corporate culture. Every company has a feel of what it's like to be part of the team there. Those vary greatly. I think it's worth your time to go through the job search principles that I lay out in 48 days to the work you love. Do a job search. You don't have to sabotage what you're doing now. You don't have to put it in jeopardy at all. Do a job search, but then get two or three offers so you can really weigh them against what you have now and make a decision. And you can do that in 30 days. Already knowing your credentials, knowing your expertise, you can go right into the job search and have two or three offers in 30 days. And from that, then decide, is this the best that there is available or should you go ahead and make that change? Don't feel trapped. Remember our quotation for today? Life's greatest tragedy is to be successful at the wrong assignment. Wow, that's a pretty painful kind of thought, isn't it? And I, I know it can be common. Sometimes we get on that track because of our academic ability. We continue going to school. We get a graduate degree. We get on all of a sudden have a, a JD or a DDS or an MD behind our name and feel like we're trapped in doing that. No, you're not trapped in doing that. Whatever you've done is a valuable part 
of making you who you are today. Don't negate the value of it, but don't think that it dictates your future. You can use the value of what you've done and create the future that you want. Well, I know you know the principles. Hey, it's been a delight chatting with you as always. You know this is the highlight of my week to engage with you in the questions. Keep those coming. Just shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com. Let me know what conferences you're going to be at so we can, I was going to say, have a cup of coffee together. That would be ludicrous. I've never had a cup of coffee in my life, but we can do something together. At least shake hands, give you a hug around the neck. Be delighted to see you at some of those conferences coming up or ones here at the sanctuary. If you've got those on your schedule for this year, we got another Coaching with Excellence and Innovate coming up quickly. Those will be great times here. Check out some of the testimonial videos from people who are just here at the last one. It's pretty outrageous. Thanks for being part of this group where we, we know we can direct, we can decide what we want the future to be. We're part of this group that in fact are finding or creating work that is meaningful purposeful and profitable create the future you want it's gonna take all you've got to make the